The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day comes to us from Hebrews 13, where the author of Hebrews gives a whole plethora of exhortations for the people of God. You're invited to be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today I am going to fit right into the mold of a stereotypical preacher. I'm going to take four words from our text and turn it into a 10 to 15 minute sermon. And truth be told, those four words in English really come from three in the Greek, and one of those words is only one letter. But it's what I was trained to do, so I must. The four words that we'll focus on today are those that begin our epistle reading. And there it simply says this, let brotherly love continue. You know, it sounds like something that could be the slogan for the city of Philadelphia, which deems itself the city of brotherly love. But the brotherly love called for in our text is not that kind of love that might exist between neighbors who truly take care of each other. In fact, the kind of brotherly love that our text talks about is not even that kind of love that one would hope to find between literal brothers by blood. Instead, in the book of Hebrews, this love that is spoken of is the love that is supposed to be there between those who have been made brothers and sisters through Christ. It speaks about the love that we as Christians are to have for one another. After all, God speaks about this love throughout the scriptures in a way that simply assumes it will be present among his people. Yes, he expects us, as we love him, to love one another. After all, how could a group of people bound together by something as powerful as the death and resurrection of Christ not manifest that strong bond? through loving words, through good thoughts, through kind deeds directed at one another. However, any of you who have brothers and sisters by blood know that brothers and sisters do not always just walk around hand in hand all the time. And a lot of that comes from the fact that brothers and sisters have to live in the same space often. And when that happens, it's easy to become frustrated with one another. And sometimes, yes, those frustrations can even give way to fights. But with brothers and sisters, the expectation, or the hope at least, is that when those frustrations give way, well then love will be present again. In fact, we hope this is the case so much that when it does not happen, we mourn. We expect brotherly or sisterly love among brothers and sisters. And God tells us he expects it between us, whom he has made brothers and sisters. But again, sometimes we too act like literal brothers and sisters. Many of you gathered here today have been sharing these same spaces now for decades. And so, yes, it's probably going to happen that from time to time you will get frustrated with one another. 
And sometimes that frustration, unfortunately, will give way to unkind words, to fights, or to a grudge. But in the end, it should not be that way. In fact, Christ says it cannot be that way. After all, God has made us family, and he has commanded us to love one another. And so when one of those scuffles breaks out, we must always come together in order that those scuffles would find their God-intended end in reconciliation and forgiveness. For that's how brotherly love really continues. So how is it exactly, though, that we show brotherly love to one another? What does that look like? Well, thankfully, that word translated as brotherly love in our text for today in Hebrews is also used in other places in the scriptures. And in those places, more than four words are used to describe it. In those other places, we're given some specifics to help us to think about what are those things that should accompany brotherly love if it is genuine. First, the scriptures tell us that we should have brotherly love if we have unity of mind. Yes, the scriptures say that in order to have brotherly love, we must have the unity of mind that flows from obedience to truth. Now that doesn't mean we're going to agree about everything in life, but it does mean that we should be in agreement on the most important things in life. We should be one when it comes to our Lord and his church. We should be one in expressing our joy over the salvation that our Lord has brought to us, and we should be one in letting the Holy Scriptures be our rule and guide, both for our life together and also for our lives during the week as individuals. That is why in this church, when people wish to become members who have not already been a part of our fellowship, we usually ask them to learn what we believe and teach. We don't do that just to make people jump through hoops. Instead, we do it because it helps foster that unity of mind that then leads to brotherly love. We study together in order that we might all together recognize why it is that we are a family. For when we recognize that, well then, we are much, easy, much more easily able to love one another. Because we know that in the end, we do share a lot more in common than we do in things that are different. The next thing that the scripture tells us that we are to do as we employ brotherly love to one another is to approach one another with sympathy. Yes, we are to be people who are sympathetic to the cares and concerns of others. The scriptures tell us time and time again that we are to consider others more important than ourselves. And if we do that well, well then we will care about one another and what is going on in our lives. Even if we think that somebody is making a big deal out of something that we wouldn't make a big deal out of, out of our love and care for them, we want to reach out and extend sympathy to them. We act with an understanding of them that can only come if we have genuine care. The next thing that the scriptures tell us is synonymous with brotherly love is approaching one another with a tender 
heart. And it flows from that sympathy that we were talking about. But you know, it's very easy after living with someone for a number of years or even longer to begin to think that we really don't need to have a tender heart towards one another. You know, they say, right, that familiarity sometimes breeds contempt. And so sometimes we think we have everybody all figured out, and therefore we don't need to be tender-hearted to one another. In fact, sometimes we'll even tell ourselves that being tender-hearted would be the worst thing that we could do for someone. Well, now it is true that at times we have to speak hard words one to another, but the tenderness of our heart should never change Even when we speak the hardest truth we have to speak, we are still always to do it from a tender heart. We do it in love. Oh, we aren't just out to prove ourselves right, but instead we are out to help the other person because our heart is tender towards them. And having a tender heart means that we must continue that care at all times. It's not just something that we put on here in case a visitor comes in and wants to see how we're treating each other on Sunday morning. A true tender heart is proved, perhaps best, by what happens during the week. As we seek to meet needs that we have heard about in the lives of one another. As we check up on each other to see how we are doing. And as we offer an ear to listen to somebody tell us about their trials and tribulations, or perhaps their excitement and their joys. The scriptures also say that we are to approach one another not only with a tender heart, but a humble mind. In our world where information is so easy to access, it's so easy to believe right away that we are always right. After all, we can show you the proof that we are right if you just give us a few seconds on the internet. But when we do this, we often then end up minimizing the thoughts of our brothers and sisters. A humble mind, the scriptures say, is one that accepts correction where it is needed. A humble mind is one that is well connected to a listening ear. And a humble mind ultimately is what enables brotherly love. Finally, the scriptures tell us that there's one other practice that is essential if we wish to have brotherly love continue among us. And what is that? Well, we are to confess our sins to one another. And we are then to forgive the sins that are confessed to us. When there is one of those scuffles among brothers and sisters, we are each to ponder our own role in that scuffle. We are to consider what sins we might have committed, and we are to confess those to one another. And then we are to receive the others who come to confess their sins to us. We're to offer forgiveness freely and without condition. For you know there is no better expression of brotherly love than the giving and receiving of forgiveness. I suppose today as we went through all of these different things that we are called to do in regard to one another... Each of us probably can think of something that we perhaps should confess to someone in this place. Or perhaps we think of someone that we need to offer forgiveness to. Well, that's exactly the kind of thing that God calls us to through these texts. In order that reconciliation and forgiveness might 
reign. For Christ, our brother, has shown us that forgiveness is right at the heart of brotherly love. Even in regard to our sinful actions which hurt him the most, he does not hold a grudge against us. Even when we pick on him and irritate him with our refusal to hear his clear words, he doesn't leave us behind. Even though sometimes our sins might be best described as a slap right across Jesus' face, he still never leaves. Jesus, our brother, comes to us and he speaks to us in order that we might have unity of mind. He approaches us not with anger, but with sympathy. Not with pride, but with humility. Not with coldness in his heart, but warmth. And thanks be to God, he always wishes to be reconciled with us. He never just wants us to go away. No, he loves to hear us confess our sins, and he loves then to give us his forgiveness freely and without condition. He loves to pour out his life-saving blood on the brothers and sisters that he has through his Father. Jesus is the one who makes sure that between us and God, there is always brotherly love. He is the one that makes sure that that brotherly love continues between himself and between us. As the scriptures say, Christ is not ashamed to call us his brothers, and therefore to show us brotherly love. May we then go forth with his love and pour it out on one another. Amen. You're invited to rise. Then indeed, as we receive the love of God, may we share it here together. We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen.